Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of To A Woman's Heart where we uplift, motivate, encourage, and empower women. I know some of you are probably saying, okay, we're not having highlighted women on Tuesday and we usually have all these conversations and so you've been showing up a lot. Yes, I have. So consistency is the key uh, until, you know, you line up everything you need to line up. Um, so i had a little um, sisterhood uh, this weekend, and we was having a variety of conversations about different things. And, you know, in the conversation, we was talking about things that had transpired in our lives and how sometimes we keep things to ourselves that can be beneficial and helpful to somebody else for the fear of being judged. And the one thing I said to the ladies were I can always talk about me and so just uh, providing a little insight because people think that when you're doing something and you're pushing for a sisterhood and you're pushing for us to be better as women that nine times out of ten you haven't done or been through anything uh, just like they say when you know, uh, somebody is advising on marriage and how can you advise on marriage if you've never been married? Or how can you advise on motherhood if you never had a baby or, you know, been pregnant, uh, should I say? So I titled this straight from the how, straight from the heart when you think you know, because we look at people, individuals from the outside, and we really don't know their story we think we know but we really don't know unless they have shared some things with us uh, they have told some things or they have ex walked the journey with you and so as I mentioned I believe in a couple of episodes back uh, we talked about my son and then uh, we talked about a young lady who was dealing with fibroids and everything and so I want to walk you through a journey that I went through um, when I discovered I had fibroids. Um, it was a rough journey. And a lot of women today are dealing with this. And the statistics say it's mostly black women who deal with it. But what we don't really talk about, we talk about the medical aspect of dealing with fibroids, but we don't talk about the mental aspect of dealing with it. So I had two sets of fibroids, two sets. I've had two laparoscopies, a myomectomy, and a partial hysterectomy. And when I found out I had the first set of fibroids uh, I was helping a friend of mine move into her house and as they was bringing the boxes in I was standing in the kitchen I was at the sink washing up the dishes to put them away in the cabinet and all of a sudden this pain kicked in and I mean this pain came in with a force uh, I've experienced labor and I and for me the pain was more severe 
than labor pains. It was so severe that it, it caused me to buckle and to bend over just to clutch my waistline. And so my friend came in, she's like, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. I said, all of a sudden I got this, 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 this pain is really, really bad. And fast forward, I end up in the emergency room and they end up telling me that I had fibroids that were inflamed. Now, mind you, my cycle had been off for a minute and I didn't understand the reasons why. Cause I was like, I would bleed like 30 days out the month sometimes. And someday, sometimes I may skip two days or may skip three days, but it was consistent. I had pads in my purse. I had pads in my uh, glove compartment of my car. I had pads in my desk. It was just really, really bad. So much so that the bleeding got so heavy that I actually had to use tampons and pads because if I sat out and stood up, it would just be like just gushing everywhere. And so when they told me I had the fibroids and they did the laparoscopy um, to go in and see, I had a couple of them, but there was nothing they can do at that time because they was inflamed. So they had to wait until they went down and they kept giving me pregnancy tests after pregnancy tests after pregnancy test. And I kept telling these people, I'm not pregnant. I am not pregnant. And so I went through everything they told me to do in regards to the fibroids. And then finally, you know, they went down and we were able to um, schedule the surgery. And so I went through all the pre-steps or uh, for when you pre-register for surgery to, you know, get to the point where I would go into certain, they was going to remove the fibroids the thing is when they when they showing they find the fibroids they really don't know until they get inside you you know what is in there they don't know and so i scheduled a surgery they gave me another pregnancy test and i'm asking them i'm like okay y'all can give me these pregnancy tests what is really going on with uh y'all give me all these pregnancy tests and so they gave me the pregnancy test. It came up negative, right? So I'm like, okay. I told my doctor, I say, the test coming negative. So the next day, I was scheduled to be at the hospital at 7 a.m. for surgery, right? To have the fibroids removed. I sent my sister and my neighbor that was living next door to uh this to walgreens to get me a pregnancy test because now my mind has started to play tricks on me okay get pregnancy test something why is this so i sent them to the store they came back with the test i took the test and the test came up positive i was actually pregnant with the fibroids so I called the number for the doctor and I left them a message. They called me back. And so they couldn't do the surgery. So they had to cancel surgery. So I had to go back into the office 
they had to do another ultrasound and they did a blood test first before they did the ultrasound. So I took a blood test uh, for the pregnancy. When she came back out, she said it was positive. I told her, no, go back and do it again because all the other tests came up negative. Y'all made a mistake again. Y'all got somebody else stuff crossed up. I know it's not me. So she went back. She took the test again. And she came back and she circled with a marker like three times. Like, don't ask me to take another test because it is you're pregnant. And so they said, what we're going to do is send you to have an ultrasound. So immediately they sent me to have an ultrasound. Here is where I say when you think you, you know, but you really don't know. So I go get the ultrasound and the lady is doing the ultrasound. And she say, Miss Thomas, you are pregnant. And I say, so how is it that all these other pregnancy tests um, came up negative and this came up positive? Here is the twist. She said, you have three fibroids. Three fri fibroids. There's one in the front of your uterus, one in the back of your uterus, and one in the middle of your uterus. The one in the middle of your uterus was the one that was covering the baby. So my hands here, this is my fist, this is the baby abundant. How the test end up being positive is because the baby shifted a little bit from under the fibroid. And that's how the test became positive. And she say, but your pregnancy is going to be a complicated pregnancy because the fibroids was pulling on my uterus. Like you would take a pencil and stick it in the middle of a uh, balloon that's wet, but it's not really full, but it's full enough where you can stick the pencil in and you can see the balloon and the water split. And then you got a ball of water on this side and a ball of water on that side. So that's how the fibroids is pulling my uterus. And she said, that's what the bleeding has been coming from. And so not only did I find out I was pregnant, but I found out that I was a super high risk pregnancy. My arm was extremely low because of the extensive bleeding. And now I'm carrying a child. I got fibroids that acts up every now and then. I have not stopped bleeding. I didn't have any morning sickness or whatever it may be. I didn't have none of that. But I kept having different complications during that pregnancy. And as time went on and they started to test more often, I ended up with gestational diabetes. So that took me <laughs> over the fence again. So now not only am I dealing with the bleeding, I'm dealing with a pregnancy. I'm dealing with fibroids that's putting on my uterus. Now I'm dealing with gestational diabetes. So you have to think as a woman, you hear all this information and you listening and I, I guess I could say you hear, but you 
really don't hear because you in disbelief of what they're telling you. First of all, the pregnancy part threw me for a loop. And to know that I was actually carrying a child, but to also know that I was carrying the weight of bleeding while I was carrying the child, to know that the fibroids was actually pulling on my uterus, and then to find out later on down the line that I had gestational diabetes was a lot for me to take in. And so I ended up in the doctor's office more than a normal pregnancy would take place. And I know the visits are sporadic. And as you get close to your delivery date, the visits to your doctor become closer and closer and closer and closer. But I was going to the doctor sometimes every week, sometimes every other week because of the bleeding and because of the position of my fibroids. It was a lot. It, it, it was a lot to deal with, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. And then when you have the doctor tell you that because of your situation, it might not end out, end up the way I wanted it to end up like any other woman that's pregnant and carrying a child. You don't want to hear the downside. You don't want to hear what can potentially happen because of what you're dealing with and carrying this child with fibroids. So I went through a lot. I had some good days and I had some bad days uh, during this pregnancy. And so as time progressed with everything I was dealing with, the bleeding never did stop. It was still consistent. It didn't let up. Hence why my iron ended up being so low. And so, again, I kept going to the doctor. And as I approached uh, my six-month, mark i went to the doctor and it and i had this feeling it was happening for a couple of weeks like every time i sit or every time i stand i had this feeling like i wanted to go to the bathroom something was actually pressuring down on the bottom of my stomach that i just wanted to release and and i didn't have to go to the bathroom but it felt like it was really um, a heavy weight. It's like a pressure and a push that was coming down. So I called my doctor and I told him what was going on. They immediately made me an appointment to go uh, to come into the doctor. When I get into the doctor's office, I had my girlfriend make me, before I went to the doctor. I had her make me a caramel cake because I had this craving for a caramel cake. And I want this caramel cake really bad. So she ended up making a caramel cake for me. I went out and I picked up the caramel cake. I immediately started eating the caramel cake when I got the caramel cake. Before I left the house, I told everybody in the house, don't touch my cake. I'll be back to get it. I go to the clinic. The doctor say, well, let us check you. He checked me, and this is what he tells me. Miss Thomas, your water bag is half in 
and it's half out. We cannot let you go home. We're going to have to admit you into the hospital because you're going to go into labor. And I told that doctor, you crazy. I got some caramel cake at home I really need to get to. And I'm not going in labor. He said, I'm going to um, speak with a, a senior physician and then we'll have a conversation. I'll tell him about your history and then we'll come back. I'm sitting there and say, I'm not going to stay here. He came back. He said, the consensus is from everybody. We're going to keep you in the hospital. They admit me into the hospital. They put me in the unit right there by the door. And immediately I go into labor. And I mean, I went into labor. I was so, so sick. I was so sick. The part that made me sick was they told me because my water bag was half in and half out. They would have to position my bed where my head would go down this way and my butt and my feet would go up that way. So they wanted the water bag to roll back into the uterus on its own and i can't sleep on my back i can't i never was able to sleep on my back and as soon as they put my head backwards i began to throw up the labor pains were extensive and so immediately they did the iv they put the medication in to stop the labor pains because I was only six months. I hadn't even reached a good point where I was able to sustain and having my baby to not be in a danger zone. So eventually it was all night. I was sick all night long those labor pains were horrible the next day they finally got them to stop the doctors came in they told me you would be in the hospital for the duration of your pregnancy i could put my feet on the floor i i couldn't go to the bathroom to take a shower to wash myself everything I had to do inside that hospital bed. And I'm thinking to myself, this can't be real. This just cannot be real. And so they stop the labor pains, they hook you up to all this stuff to monitor. So about a week and a half, you know, I'm in the hospital. And guess what? Labor pains happen again. I go into labor again. The water bag rolled back a little, but not enough. And so 
they come rushing back again put the medicine in to stop the labor pains and eventually they stopped them and when i tell you i had IVs in my hand, I had IVs in my arm, I had IVs behind my arm, I had IVs in the top of my foot. The foot is the worst pain ever to have an IV. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That pain was horrible. So eventually, they stopped the labor pains again now for me that's like having two babies but ain't nothing coming out so i get the conversation miss thomas if you deliver this baby it's too early the lungs are not developed everything that has a time frame was not a good time frame for me to deliver my baby and then he rounds up and he finished and he says to me your baby may not make it because it's too early for you to deliver and we've stopped your contractions twice and so i'm in the bed when they leave and all these emotions and my mind is just just going and i'm saying to myself why well, i'm the one having problems with having a baby everybody else in my family they got babies so why am i having problems with my baby and tears that started to stream down my face <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, God, you're going to have to help me with this one because this is a hard pill to swallow. It is. And every time I went into labor, who was going to be there because it wasn't supposed to be. I had a baby shower plan that I couldn't attend. We couldn't go through with that because I ended up in the hospital before the time I was supposed to go in there. Here is when you think you know. So I'm in the hospital. Now I'm in there for a little minute. I'm getting anxious. I don't want to be in here. I want to go home. I want to be in the comforts of my bed. I don't want to be in here. I got a roommate. She's pregnant with twins and one of her twins is having problems and uh, they're doing an amniocentesis in the front of me where they take the needle and stick it down in the stomach. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to deal with that neither. And you know, your mind just play, it just do all kinds of things with you when you're unable to get around and do. So she ended up going into labor. They end up delivering her babies. I end up in the room by myself. So uh finally the nurse came in and we was talking and we was laughing and stuff and um she was doing all my vitals taking my blood pressure taking my temperature and stuff and we was just talking you know about you can hear the cries of women 
and the labor delivery when they're going through labor and you know women say all kinds of things when labor takes place you will be amazed at what women will say when they're in labor and so she's taking my vitals and i start to feel this pain again and i told her i say i'm starting to feel this pain again and she was like well, what's the what's the number of the pain from one to ten? I say it's about a three right now. And she said, Okay, well just um let me know, you know, if it start escalating, you know, the severity of the pain, and then uh I'll call the doctor, we'll come in, we'll check you. And I'm like, Okay. So the pain started to kick up quick. And I, I, I called her and she came back and she said, what's going on? I say, this is, this is really bad. I said, I can feel it all in my back, in the lower part of my back. She said, okay, let me call the doctor. So the doctor came in, you know, they got to do all this stuff. They got to check you and all this stuff. So they checked me and they was like, Miss Thomas, you can't have this baby right now. I said, what do you want me to do? He don't want to stay in here. What do you want me to do? I have no control of this. He said, we're going to give you the medication and try to stop the labor again. So they put the monitor on and every time they put it, the baby would move from the monitor. And this pain was bad. I mean, it was really, really bad. And so a couple of hours passed and the pain didn't stop like it normally did. And they came back and they checked and they was like, Has, is the pain subsided? I'm like, no, the pain is not subsided. Actually, it's getting worse. And they was like, Miss Thomas, we're going to try to make sure you can't have this baby. I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but my body is saying something different. I had this pain in my back. And the pain was so bad in my back that it caused me to instantly just sit up. And when I sat up, I felt all the water in the world disperse. And the nurse was like, no. So they was like, stat. Everything was stat. They had neonatal on, on lock. The doctors was running. Now, little did I know huh, that the water bursting was the water bag which means that a delivery is about to happen and so the pain was when i tell you this pain oh my god that pain was horrible the water bag burst they cleaned up the bed they were still trying to subside i don't know what they was going to do how they was going to do it i know i had all kinds of doctors in the room and the next thing i know i set up again and there he was in the bed out they instantly scooped him up put him in bed took him to intensive care i didn't ever see him i didn't ever touch him i didn't hear him cry none of that stuff all they told me was it was a boy they took care of him and then they took care of me 
But at this point, when I delivered him, them fibroids was in turmoil. And when I tell you they was throbbing up a storm, they was throbbing up a storm. And I had asked the doctors, can you do the surgery for the fibroids? When I have, have this baby, they're like, no, that's too much bleeding. So now my son is in intensive care. He was born six months at 5.30 p.m. on August the 6th, one pound and 12 ounces. Once they got me cleaned up, they moved me to a room, gave me medication because I was still in pain from the fibroids being irritated from the birth. The doctor came in. He told me that my son's lungs was not developed like they should be. That he was jaundiced and um, they was going to leave him in with the tube, the NG tube in his nose and the feeding tube down his throat. And then he finished up. He said, well, he may not live to see the next day. I just want you to know that because it was too soon for you to deliver. He was way underweight, one pound, 12 ounces. That means you can hold him in the palm of your hands. And again, I just cry. What are you going to do? He was here. And then I just prayed. And that was very hard for me. It was very hard for me. When you can't touch what you carry, when you can't look at what you carry, when you can't hear the first cry to what you carry, and instantly somebody goes in your bed and they just scoop. You don't know what the baby looked like. You don't get to feel, you know, that skin to skin. You don't get to feel none of that. That's hard for a woman. It's really hard. And for any woman that has had a good birth, Say thank you, Jesus. Because when you deal with a premature birth, it's rough. It's emotionally. It's physically. It's mentally draining for you. Because you don't want to be that woman that's sitting in that seat. That you carry something for that length of time you can't see the child you can't touch the child none of that that's hard even with women who have stillborn babies that's hard it's hard it takes a toll on you whether people realize it or not and even when you know you think you're okay you're not your emotions may not kick in right then and there but there are going to be some emotional roller coasters from what you have just experienced. That's real because that's a life that was growing inside of you. That's a bond 
that you had with your child. And it started from the day that the doctor say that you were pregnant. That's when that bond is started. So when we say, you know, when fathers say mothers get more recognition, this is these are the reasons why they get more recognition. They are the house in which the child lives in for that duration of time. That is the body that goes through the changes to carry that child. That is the body that gets the nutrition that that child needs to grow. That mother and that child is bonded. They're tied together until delivery. So this is why mothers are so important. It's an honor. It's a privilege to be a mom. It really is. And don't think that it's a simple task because it's not. Labor is not easy. It is hard. It hurts. It really does. And that's why I can't understand how some parents allow their children to say anything and everything. Because if I brought you in here with all the stuff that you go through, I'm taking you out. Bottom line. But my story is, even when the doctors say you're pregnant, you think you know, but you don't. You don't know the path or the journey you're about to go through. And is it an easy path? It's not. It's not. It's a lot. It takes a toll on you even when you don't realize it's taking a toll on you. It was, I got to the hospital. I had to leave my son there because he needed to be at least five pounds before they let him come out. It was one year before I was actually able to hold my child. That was the longest, hardest year of my life. So mothers, treasure your children. They may not be the best. They may get on your nerve, but they're yours. There are a lot of women out here who would love to stand in your, sit in your shoes. They would love to sit in your seat and stand in your shoes, but they can't because life happened to them. And I say this all the time. It's an emotion. It's a feeling that's unexplainable. And some years are good and some years are bad. Some days are good and some days are bad. Some weeks are good and some weeks are bad. Some months are good and some months are bad. This is my struggle. This is my journey. This is my walk. And soon I'll tell you about the year that transpired with him being in the hospital. All the things I went through uh, with my son being premature. So you ask me why I do to a woman's heart. These are one of the reasons. There are a lot of women out here who have experienced so much. And they're afraid to share their story. Because we are so judgmental. We don't realize 
how it has impacted that woman. Some women never recover from it. They never recover from it. And it's not an easy thing. That can take you out. That right there can actually take you out because it's so heavy. It's a heavy burden for you to carry. It's a hurt that's unexplainable. And even in that, you feel like you're less than a woman when you deliver a child that you you have some guilt, you have some blame. I'm not going to lie, you do. It's not easy. It's not easy. And everybody can walk that path. And everybody won't get to the other side. They just won't. And even people that's close to you have no clue of what you dealt with or what you are dealing with. And to be honest, we don't share it all the time because, you know, when you talk to people, do they really understand what you're going through? Some people might shove it off and say, okay, so this is what it is. You should be okay or you should be over it. But it's not as easy as that. It's not. Again, that's a human being that's growing inside of you. And it's not that easy as people make it to be. It is an emotional roller coaster ride. And unless you walked in those shoes, you would never understand. And I pray that you never experience it. But if you do experience what I've experienced in having a premature child, I pray that you find somebody that you can talk to that's been in the seat that you're walking in. And in life, we go through things, not all the time for us, but we go through things to help somebody else in their walk. See, I've experienced some things. <laughs> People don't realize. I've experienced a lot of things. And this thing right here, and I think that's why I attract women who have kids that have disabilities or women who struggle with, you know, when they find they're pregnant, if they want to keep the child or not. It's a lot, especially if the doctors tell you the baby has expired, but you still have to continue the path on to delivery. It's not an easy task. This is why I do what I do with To A Woman's Heart. This is why. It's one of the reasons why. I hope this story will help somebody. I hope it will provide some insight because, you know, people smile all the time, but you don't know what's going on on the inside. Again, we think we know, and we really don't. We don't know the half. So let's not be so judgmental of individuals because you really don't know their story. All right? So I hope that, again, that in the replay, you all share it with somebody. And again, I say I can talk about me. I can't talk about nobody else, but I can talk about me. So don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. And ladies, 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 I want you all to go on the website, 
going to put this up here. T-shirts are available. We uplift, motivate, encourage, and empower women. Okay? Go to the website. Purchase some T-shirts. There are some things on there that we need to walk around with for affirmation. Uh, don't forget the social media outlet for women. That's number two, a woman's heart. Dot org, not dot com, that's dot org. And check out the website. Let us share. This is a sisterhood. We are building, bonding, and believing in sisterhood. All right. Until we talk again. Thank you all for tuning in. Bye.